bottle of mixed nut cases. This is Nuke Joss, and I've got a tasty episode for you today. We are going to be talking about 10-minute meals and 10-minute ramen. With me today, as always... Hi, I'm Tech. Baked at 275 for 16 minutes. <laughs> and down south, we have our regular guest. I promise I won't be talking about barbecue today. Jason. And from a little further west... Hi, I'm Saunders Fox, the man of a thousand promises who's kind of delivered on one and then forgotten about it. So the fun thing about today is we're going to be talking about food. We're going to be talking about cooking. And what I love is that we have uh, our modified three levels of cooks. We have the beginner. Uh, that 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 would be Saunders. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not we a have, beginner. I'm just lazy. We have our intermediates. That would be Tech and I. Hi. And we have our professional, someone who has been paid multiple times to be a cook. You know what the best thing about our professional cook is, though? He is a professional cook with all kinds of training and experience, but he's not the best cook in his house. Oh, snap. Listen, listen. I would even say calling me a professional is very much verging on hyperbole. Jason, what do you do for a living right now? What pays your bills? Yes, I technically do work in a kitchen cooking, but it's at a nursing home. I also worked at two previous restaurants in the area, but one was hot trash. The other one worked me to death. Now, and what did you do in the army? I was also a cook, but again, we all. And what did you do growing up? My family ran a restaurant for like 35 years, but I was in the kitchen at home, not in the restaurant. Like, okay. I washed dishes at the restaurant a lot. I, I still have trauma about those big, like, 30-gallon pots with, like, barbecue sauce in them. Like, they still fill my dreams. But, I mean, it's still, like, I'm not, like, a chef. I like, didn't call you a chef. I called you a cook. I said these are the modified levels. So, Epicurious, they have this thing where they, they'll have a beginner, an intermediate, and a professional chef. You're our professional cook. That's different. Okay, so, I so said it's modified. All right. So, if if by professional mean have worked around and in kitchens a reasonably large amount and has sometimes cooked things that people said they enjoyed. Yes, that is what I have done. (laughs) And the impetus for this episode is there was an episode of Uncle Roger where he watched Gordon Ramsay. Oh, my. Attempt to cook a 10-minute ramen, and it was trash. Like, I love Gordon. It was trash. I don't know what he was doing. You know, if he had called it Chanko or... no. No, no, it wasn't even good chunko. It was just it had he called it like vegan soup or vegan, vegan noodle water, vegan <laughs> uh, uh, vegetable tea. As as someone who enjoys tofu, yeah, when he put raw tofu, yeah, it was not good. Raw, I was like, oh no. So I got to start off with a very quick rant here. Something that I've been seeing in the comment section of a lot of cooking YouTube videos, and this is my problem because I read the comments, and I know I shouldn't do that. But, okay, people, just because a cook on TV or one of your friends uses a kitchen gadget of some kind, it doesn't mean that they are elitist snobs. I don't know how many times it happens where a cook in a segment uses a stand mixer, and then it's, I guess the orphans can't eat tonight because we don't have a stand mixer, and I promised them this dish, and now I can't make it because we don't have a $400 mixer like you do, Mr. Rich Man. No, every cooking device from the dishwasher to the floor to the oven to everything does two things. It makes it more convenient, and it makes it faster, and that's it. If you don't have a stand mixer, use a hand mixer. If you don't have a hand mixer use a spoon in your hands 
You can make dough with just your bare hands in a bowl. The bowl is even optional, but it just makes it faster and more convenient. That's it. Just because the cook on the TV show has a fancy convection oven and you have a a fire pit outside, it doesn't mean the recipe, it doesn't mean that you can't cook it, it doesn't make them elitist snobs, it doesn't make them anything, it means that you need to adapt a little bit. The thing that I love about cooking and that I hate about baking is that baking is an exact chemical science where proportions have to be precisely metered out so that chemical reactions with heat and things happen to make delicious food. I suck at that. I love experimenting in a kitchen. Okay. Just because a cook in an episode of, a, of one of your, one of the shows that you watch uses an ingredient that you don't like, it doesn't mean that that recipe is bad. Take that ingredient out. Guess what? I make a lot of recipes, uh, uh, for soups and things that are full of vegetables that I don't eat. So guess what? I don't put them in my food. And guess what? It's tasty. Oh, he's calling for a spice that I don't have or a spice that's too expensive for me to keep on my rack. Yeah, I don't have a giant jug of saffron. Well, maybe I'll make the rice without the saffron in it. And guess what? It's still tasty. I have a I have a recipe, the, the one of the best rice recipes I have downstairs that calls for rose water. We skip the rose water. I skip the rose water. Guess, oh, it, it, it wants ghee, you know, Indian clarified butter. I don't have ghee. And it's very hard to find around here. So guess what? I use butter. The The worst thing that's going to happen, guys, experiment in your kitchens. Find workarounds. It's like, oh, it's it's calling for red peppers, but I've only got green peppers. And I don't really like red pepper. I like green pepper more. Put the green pepper in and see if it's still good. What's the worst that happens? I, I'm going to add on to this. Conversely, just because a recipe calls for a gadget doesn't mean that if you don't have the gadget, you can't do it. Exactly. Yeah. All now, it does, all it does is save time. Yeah. Now to play devil's advocate, there is one gadget that I feel like most people need a floor, because, a floor, <laughs> because I am also impaired in this way. And uncle Roger would be proud of me. Get a rice cooker. Yeah. Don't it's $10, man. $10, $10, Get the cheap yourself. $10 rice cooker. Yeah. Don't torture yourself with a pot and water. It, no, just. Get a rice cooker. Walmart sells them a dime a dozen. It's fine. Like I, 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 I'm going to say, and I know this because we talked about it last night. Everyone on this podcast owns a rice cooker. It's a magnet and a plug. So also to be, what should be said too is just because a recipe doesn't call for something you like yeah. doesn't mean you can't add it in there. Yeah. Cooking can be, uh, cooking can be compared quite a bit to jazz. You have a structure that you should follow because without that structure, you could die, (laughs) but you can improvise. (laughs) You can mix, you can in the moment, add something else in. I keep, I keep meticulous notes for everything I ever approach for a recipe and then ignore them the next time I cook the same thing. Jason, how many, how long, how many times have you worked exactly on this point? Jason, how many times have you worked in a kitchen? with someone making food and they don't taste the food as they're preparing it to the recipe. I'm going to tell you right now, there's only one type of person in this world that can do that. And that is someone who has spent more hours than you ever want to imagine in the kitchen. My aunt dot could do that, but she literally made a life in the kitchen. Right. And, but she had other indicators and other things from her decades of experience to be able to tell that that sauce needs more salt or it needs more. Yeah. 
if you want to, if you want the prime example of why she could do something like that, my aunt Dot had done, had made lemon meringue by hand so much, so long that the pot itself had bowed in the bottom so that it rocked on the stove as she stirred it by hand, mind you, so that she could fall asleep and continue to do so while asleep. This is so, scalding but, hot lemon meringue. But the, back to what to what Vox was saying, and we were saying at the beginning here, guys, taste your food when you're cooking. Yes. Yeah. Give, give it a, as it, as it's, you're not going to die. Keep a little spoon next to the, next to the stove, dip it in, try a taste. If you don't like the flavor of it, why are you cooking it? Also, Change it. Prime example of a food that you need to taste before you make it, fried chicken. If you do not taste your seasoned flour before you bread your chicken, go away. Also, okay. guys, dipping dipping your finger in the flour and tasting it. Okay, yes, flour is a raw ingredient. We're not eating it by the spoon. You're not going to die. Just If you don't like the taste of your batter. Can we stop yelling at the listeners for a minute? <laughs> I love these ground rules, please. Sorry, sorry, we're not yelling at you guys. We are, we're just, we're used to hearing all of these things and okay. we're kind of trying yeah. to reassure our yeah. listeners. Sorry, sorry guys. I'm burnt. I'm burnt out a little bit, but okay. So my point is here. If we mention a kitchen gadget, I'm not being elitist or exclusionary. Yes. If I mention an ingredient that you don't like, I'm not being elitist or exclusionary. If you don't like something in a recipe, change it. That's all I'm yeah. saying. It's experiment and have fun. And it's, you're not look, listen, embarrassment in a kitchen is not embarrassment. It's called I did an experiment and the experiment didn't work. Let's try it again. It's science. So uh, to, to this point, I'll, I'll just add that I made something recently. I can't even remember what it was, but, um, somebody said, well, what? Oh, I made butternut squash soup and it came out really good. And someone said, well, what's the recipe? And I was like, well, this is the recipe that I read. And then I did my own thing. So I'll try to remember it because that's how recipes work for me. I kind of get a structure. I'm like, all right, you need this. You need that. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like that. Every recipe on the planet, I'm sorry, they all ask for way too much salt. And the only time I actually care is when it's bread because you need the salt for that chemical reaction. But dang, does everybody want way too much salt? Way too much salt. Um, Especially considering it can, uh, like other things you add will add the salt factor. Exactly, exactly. So um, the, the other thing is, so this came off of this Uncle Roger thing. We are not telling you how to make ramen, actual ramen in 10 minutes. That's the joke. Ramen takes like three days to make. It takes 13 hours to make a broth. We've, I'm gonna, Tech has done it a lot. We, gonna, we understand making the tare. We understand all of the actual steps we're talking about. And this is our goal. You have 30 minutes and we, you want to spend 10 of them cooking and 20 of them eating and enjoying your lunch break. So you have 10 minutes to make ramen and the four of us will have 10 minutes to make a ramen. And then afterwards, we're going to talk about 10 minutes to make a different meal. I'm stealing this from tech before you can say it. Cause I really, really like that. Uh, ramen is the most complicated chicken noodle soup he's ever made. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. I think my, I think my best time was 12 hours and I, I, I dirtied every pot in the house. I took up every surface I had in the kitchen um, I made the world's most complicated batch of chicken noodle soup, but gosh, was it tasty, but <laughs> wow, was it involved? Yeah. No, no horizontal surface was spared. None, oh, not God. a single one. And 
also, guys, you know, we talk about how cook, we, you know, in the first episode of Meet Our Meat that I did for, for my stuff, we talked about, um, we talked about leftovers and how people are so upset with leftovers and feel like it's beneath them. I know someone who literally will not use something that's been in their fridge more than like two or three days. And I'm like, sir. You do realize some things have a shelf, a very long shelf life, even in your fridge. Like yeah. you can, you can repurpose it and turn it into something else. And so what I'm, what I'm getting at here is you can also use instant items, right? So dried mushrooms, you know, dried how, mushrooms are a staple. You knew how, do you know how expensive fresh shiitake mushrooms are? I can go to world market and get a jar of dried shiitake mushrooms mm-hmm. for like half the price. And, and I am a big fan of things that are frozen and dried and things that can just be on hand, uh, canned, things that can be on hand and taste just as good as fresh. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So who wants to go with their, their 10 minute, their 10 minute ramen? I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. I right, I'll, I'll start with Mark. Go ahead. Right. So, so what, what you need, what you need for this recipe? is a pack of instant ramen noodles that you buy at the grocery store for about 50 cents each. A pack of those instant ramen noodles, find it, find one that you like, and then throw the little packets or keep them if you like. (laughs) Throw them away. Also, a protein that you like. This could be beans. This could be a meat. This could be a fish. This could be an anything you want. Find a tasty protein. If you got it left over in the fridge, even better, even faster, because you cooked it yesterday. So it's already cooked. And you're going to need a tasty sauce. Whatever tasty sauce you like that goes with that protein and goes with the noodles. So, pot of water on the stove, boil the noodles. Once the noodles are done, drain the water, either in that pot or in, like, a, um, as, uh, as Babish would say, a fry pan or a wok. <laughs> noodles in the wok or noodles in the frying pan. As they start to get a little bit of oil, as they start to heat up, grab your, grab your uh, protein, chop it up into pieces, throw it with the noodles. As they start to get warm, take your tasty sauce, drizzle, 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 taste until you have enough of the tasty sauce that you like it. Stir, 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 dump on plate or eat out of wok over stove if you're running out of time and then go back to whatever you were doing before. I have done this with chicken and hot sauce. I have done this with pork and soy sauce. I have I have done this with hoisin. I have done this with uh, whatever, the spicy noodle sauce. Uh, yeah, spicy, uh, spicy sauces, hot sauces, whatever, whatever barbecue sauce I got in the fridge. I've done this with beef, pork, chicken. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, you can do it with tofu. You can do it with anything. But guys, it's an experiment and love and play with it. But all you need is noodles, protein, sauce. You can make it in seconds. It's really good. It'll fill you up. Good energy for the rest of the day. And it's as healthy or as unhealthy as you want it to be. Like I said, like, like Sonorous, uh, like Vox mentioned at the beginning, it's not a recipe. It's a set of guidelines. We're making a structure. This is scaffolding. You make the house you want. And I eat this constantly. So what does everyone think? No, it, it's, that's, it's, that's the essence right there. Yeah. No, it really is. And, and, and I'll go, I'll go next. Cause yeah. one of the things that I think, tech you know highlighted here was there's nothing wrong with using instant ramen as your base my favorite instant ramen is neoguri neoguri is a soba noodle based i'm sorry udon noodle based ramen so it's not ramen it's so it's an udon noodle based uh soup dish um because I like the texture of udon noodles more than I like ramen noodles so chewier I like them They're- yeah and soba are the buckwheat noodles right 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah but he's talking udon. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I use that a lot of the times because I also like heat. So neoguri is a spicy seafood udon. And so I like that heat. So when I do either my instant ramen or my neoguri, one of the things that I utilize is either sriracha or hoisin, or I have a uh, chili oil that I utilize to get that heat. In. And a lot of what I'm going to say here involves a pantry. And what I mean by that is you need some stuff in your kitchen. Um, no. One of the things we don't, we, we didn't talk about a lot though, is that cooking does require a little bit of research, not necessarily on how or what you need to do, but in different ingredients, right? Because here we talk about, um, what is it? Um, what is it? Um, coriander mm-hmm. is, um, we call it something else, right? Is it cilantro? Cilantro. Yeah. yeah. We call it cilantro in other countries. They call it coriander. So or poison. <laughs> Listen, it's just soap and leaf. It's, form. it's the same plant. It's just different parts of the plant. So coriander's oh, the seeds, cilantro's the leaves. Yeah, and in uh, cilantro's just soap and leaf form. It's fine. Yes, I'm one of those people. I, I um, believe uh, you and Vox are because Vox is over here vomiting at the the sound of. Cilantro. Now I will say, dried cilantro doesn't taste that way for me. It's fresh, always the fresh. Yes, but, I can um, see that. So for me, right. My 10 minute ramen is this because I like heat. I like spices. Jen hates it. She gets so mad at me because <laughs> Jen can't handle heat. There, we did an episode years ago where we talked about where we went to the Indian restaurant and just, it's somewhere in the, it's somewhere in the thing. Yes, it <laughs> and is. Nettie, yes. And you can't see Nettie's face, but Nettie knows what happens. She knows about the spice. The spice must flow, y'all. Um, the spice flows through me, not through Jen. It does. Um, she cried. Oh God, it was so funny. But, um, but yeah, so I, instant ramen helps, right? If you got 10 mm. minutes, instant ramen is going to do it for you. Um, if you like spice, there's actually a chili ramen that I, uh, instant ramen that I think is really, really good. Neoguri, uh, it's udon, but still. And I'm looking at the neoguri. It looks like ramen. It doesn't look like udon. So I'm not no, sure. It yeah. It's, it's still a thin noodle. Um, so you talked about the pantry and I want to, I want to just talk about that. Uh, having a pantry does not mean you have to have every spice in the world, but knowing that there are certain things that you're going to use a lot. So, uh, soy sauce, I think most people expect to have in their pantry. By the way, that's supposed to be refrigerated. If you ever wondered why does my soy sauce not taste like the restaurant soy sauce, it's because it's supposed to be refrigerated. You're not supposed to leave it on the shelf. Um, that makes a huge difference. Two, uh, your sriracha is supposed to be refrigerated. It's not supposed to stay on the shelf. That will change its flavor. And you'll notice that it'll lose its redness and turn brown. Um, Hoisin sauce refrigerated as well. But if you are like living in a dorm or barracks or something like that, a mini fridge, you can stick these things in that mini fridge. My key ingredients for when I do souped up 10 minute quick ramen, right? Dried mushroom. Um, Listen, if you got a Whole Foods, if you got a World Market, or if you got a, a Trader Joe's near you, they will suffice. In Canada, um, the last four towns that I lived in, I could find dried mushrooms, no problem, at, at the, the regular white people supermarket. I'm going to tell, tell you right now, I don't think I've ever mentioned how jealous I am of the multicultural facets of general just Canadian living. It's not I, as multicultural as you think it is. Yeah, I, but you know what? Like, <laughs> To, fi- to find the things that I like to cook with, I've decided that going to my standard supermarket just will not cut it here in the States. Mm. Like, 
I also was I had my mind blown because if you've lived in the States, there's a place called H Mart. It is a Korean Walmart. Oh, nice. It's amazing. You think that would be the one they call Kmart, but I guess not. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're we're gonna move on to Vox. Okay. Here's our first uh, my first answer is uh, DoorDash. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Order ahead of time. You get it there in ten minutes. You're good. From your uh, favorite ramen place. No, but I've got I've got. Um, so I will admit the, the do your research thing. It's been a long while since I've I've made anything in a kitchen. Woefully long time. I'm a long long amount of time. Vox some, did just move provinces. Yeah. Yes. Well, there, there in the is middle a, of a pandemic. Yeah, but I also stopped cooking prior to that because I knew I was going to move. So yeah. Um, Tech, tech had one of the points right away if you're going to use. And I'll, I'll go with the premise of, of jazzing up instant ramen again. Uh, throw away those flavor packets, or as I like to call them, the flavorless packets. Because one, they don't have the right amount of flavor. And two, what flavor they have is too much salt. What follows Agreed. is everything, yeah. I, everything I'm going to say that follows will add salt to what you're going with to some degree. So if you have already have that flavor packet in and you start doing these things, you're going to, you're going to ruin your meal. Well, not everything is, but one of the first things is add sauces to it. That, that pantry staple soy sauce, like as soy sauce can be used while you're, while you're, while you're cooking or as a, as that garnish, uh, garnish after you're done or that like finish it off just when you're about to eat. Um, I'm a big fan of oyster sauces and fish sauces. Mm-hmm. Fish, Which good don't contain sauce. actual oysters or fish. Yeah. No, no, they are sauces meant for oysters and sauces meant for putting on fish. Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, sesame this, oil. This. There's this another is... great one is sesame oil. But you, you pick something or a couple of things like that to mix together. You, you sauce, and it, it's the key is knowing what sauce goes in while you're cooking or what sauce goes in after. Or mm. for like the biggest, the biggest mistake you'll ever see anybody make, and Gordon Ramsay makes it in this episode is. Don't put miso in boiling water. Yeah. You will burn your miso. It will be useless. I'm a huge fan of miso. Mm-hmm. It's take it off the heat, give it a second, then let it cook with the residual heat after it started, after it's off the heat. It does need to cook, but it doesn't need to cook a lot. Also, know, know that there are varieties of miso. So just because you're going to add miso to something doesn't mean it's always going to have one flavor. Figure out what you like. Experiment with it. Um Vegetables, I know not everybody on this call likes vegetables, but some vegetables are good. Mushrooms are good. Bok choy goes good in in things like that. Good leafy greens are healthy for you and sometimes can taste good. Uh, but the biggest thing I want to say is other than pro- protein has been mentioned already. Egg is the classic, you know, doesn't take long to boil an egg. Now it takes a long time to boil and marinate an egg, but we're not making professional ramen here. We're making quick ramen. So boil an egg while you're getting everything else ready. Toss that in. You've got some protein. Also, shrimp cooks incredibly quickly. So there's another one you can th- go concurrent with. And then the other, and so the cooking time isn't going to necessarily be the uh, take a while, but you you might have to prep the night before. Have it ready. Have something prepped in your fridge at any time for when you want those 10 minutes, because you're not always going to just have 10 minutes to make your food. The big thing for me, though, is aromatics. Always, always, always. It doesn't hurt a meal to put garlic in it. It just makes it better. Yeah, it, it does. doesn't hurt. It doesn't <laughs> hurt a meal to put some spring <laughs> onions on at the end. There's, mm-hmm. there's no such thing as too much garlic. Exactly, and a little bit of a little bit of grated fresh ginger on something is always oh, going to give oh, that extra ginger, kick. Ginger will not, always balance out your garlic. I'm not a chili fan, 
but you add a little bit of because I'm not a I'm not a huge a hugely into spice, but a little bit of garlic, a little bit of, a, a little bit of ginger, and you've got a kick without that traditional spicy chili kick to it. So these, these it's the little things. It's you the noodles are just a vessel for all your other flavor. Doesn't matter if you've got even it doesn't matter if you've got the right noodles. The it's noodles a, are the vessel. It's a starch that's holding everything else. Yeah. Honestly, and, the noodles are the thing you do you do the least to. Yeah. You just boil them and, and they either go immediately yeah. into a bowl covered in broth or you hold them until you make the broth and yeah. all the other stuff and add that to the noodles. Yeah. And um, and that that pantry thing for me, I'll say right now, I have a uh, or I had prior to moving and I'm rebuilding my pantry. Uh, I tend to be the experimental person who'll be like, I have seven different types of vegetable oil or seven different types of oils because of the different points of heat. I have mirin. I have soy sauce. I have rice, wine, vinegar, all of these other things. Don't be intimidated by the fact that it sounds like it's something crazy, like fish sauce or something like that. Don't be intimidated by it because you're not dumping a ton of it in there. A tiny bit of fish sauce is going to add a huge kick to your flavor. A little t- dash of MSG is going to up the umami on your uh, umami flavor in your in your meal. You don't need to pour a bucket load of it in there and worry that you're going to get a massive headache after because propaganda told you so. Don't be intimidated by cooking. Umami bombs, man. Umami bombs. Yeah. There are some people. I, I'm I'm going to say there are some people that have reactions to different mm-hmm. things, and we're not saying that reactions aren't out there. But if, just you have, if you've that, never had the reaction yeah. before and you don't know, exactly. don't be afraid to try it. And, and, and within reason, don't yeah. be like, if you're, if you're allergic to shellfish, you know, don't be like, well, I'm going to try a little bit of this thing that might be shellfish adjacent. I'm going to try the fish tr- crackers, like, you know? Of, <laughs> and the, the key goes with the cilantro and other things too. Beware of what in the past you have had a poor reaction to or haven't liked and cut it out and change it. It's been said before here, right? So, yeah, and I will say this, right? I'm diabetic. One of the things I have to worry about is sodium. I have to worry about the salt intake. Mm -hmm. So should I use MSG? Not a lot of it. But if I know I'm going to utilize something that has a lot of sodium in it, Mm -hmm. and I have to cut it out somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the items I use a lot in my pantry is is liquid aminos or coconut aminos because they still have the same type of flavor that soy sauce does, but they don't have as much sodium. Mm-hmm. So I can still get the thing that I enjoy without murdering my heart. One one of the things that I've started doing as well as I buy those, um, you can buy those uh, pre-packaged spice mixes, mm. like Montreal steak spice, as an example, uh, you can buy salt-free versions at, yes. the, at the same price. So I've been buying salt-free versions of some of these mixes. And then as I'm tasting what I'm cooking, I add the salt that I think it needs. So I'm in control of that step. It also helps, you know, we used to, well, uh, you know, a couple of houses ago, we used to entertain uh, and, you know, pre-COVID used to entertain a little bit. We have a lot of diabetic and a lot of friends with heart conditions that have to watch their salt. So being able to control that step as well, it, it's also mm-hmm. beneficially healthy. And so, now I just, I just don't add a lot of salt to the food I cook. Whenever we buy bacon, we buy the low salt version because it tastes better. Something of note here too is, we're not, we're not, uh, like we've said it a few times, but we're not condemning anybody for not, ta- not go- being authentic about things. And even keep in mind when, when Uncle Roger is, is, uh, going ham on someone for a horrible recipe. It's he's, comedy. He's, 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 it's comedy. He's a comedian. Gordon Ramsay made what Gordon Ramsay made in that meal. Yeah. It wasn't ramen, but it but probably it was, it was really tasty. It probably mm. had flavor to it. It maybe not 
flavor for everybody, but it had his form of flavor that he enjoys. So why be angry with someone for making what they enjoy? If you love cooking and you love what you eat, then that's a good thing. I mean, so it might have been tasty, but he is still white. So we question his seasoning levels. (laughs) I I, I, I don't normally i'm not going to go there but jason can um but um uh i didn't see that much seasoning going on i just or what he did i don't know it was a mess but all right my turn Mm -hmm. so my 10 minute ramen i'm i've got two and i'm gonna cheat a little first is it's very vague just get noodles if you want to use instant the Nissan brand noodles uh, tend to be the best, I think. But if you have at your stores where you can buy just ramen without flavoring, go buy that. That That's going to work. Um, I have had times where, like, depending on the package, you're going to cook it differently. And some noodles are chewier than others. And you're going to decide what you like. But there's this thing that you can get in the store called pre-made stock. And you can buy pre-made ramen stock. Campbell's has it. The uh store brands have it. Uh you can buy pre-done ramen. And guess what? It's pretty darn good. It's not bad. I'm sorry. Hold on. Time out. What? Campbell's the mm good yes. plan has canned ramen. Tech is going to get get examples. They have Tom Yum, they have ramen, they have pho, they have uh what did I pick up recently? It was spicy Thai. Campbell's finally realized there is a world oh out there. God. Campbell's realized that people like flavor. Why is President's Choice getting all of the money? I'm sorry. Like, okay. President's Choice, by the way, is a uh, a no name brand, not no name, but a brand of uh, a store brand up here in Canada. By the way, listen, all my melanated people out there listening to me right now, they know why I'm laughing. Because your grandma, your great aunt, all your old melanated family members. All they talked about was Campbell's. Like that's, that's all they had. And so to find out <laughs> that Campbell's has expanded into there we go. Right. regular, yeah. no name brand chicken broth. You can get this in beef and vegetable as well. Keep in mind that these other ones are probably are just vegetable brothes. They just change the vegetables. Yeah. So oh. we've also got president's choice ramen broth. And Campbell's has this as well. But we don't have the ramen downstairs. So these are the, the next ones are the Campbell's. Mm. Here you go. Campbell's pho. Oh good. What? I need this in I need this in my life. I need it. And Campbell's Thai chicken broth. Told you. Poulet à la Thai bouillon. I love how we said earlier, we're like, we're not going to stream because, you know, it's, it's, it's streaming is a lot more complicated than a straight up podcast, but this is such a visual podcast. It really is. So, all right. So <laughs> you can take one of those broths and you heat that up while you cook your noodles. And depending on your noodles, if it's the Nissan brand, you just boil your water and let it sit in water and then toss the water and then put it in the broth. And then you can add your aromatics. You can add your sesame oil. You can add your husin sauce. You can add your soy sauce. You could add a little bit of garlic, whatever you want. Um, and uh, uh, any of your toppings that you want. I like to keep uh, black sesame seeds on hand. I have everything but the bagel and that always is good on a ramen. And I have green onions growing in my um, window garden, but you can get those dried. You can get dried chilies, uh, not chilies, sorry, chives, and just sprinkle them on top. The water, they'll reabsorb and they'll be really awesome. So that's just like whatever I've got in my pantry. I got my souped up ramen for you. So you're going to take shin ramen. That's the spicy one. 
And depending on how much spice you want, you may only do half a packet. You might do a full packet. Of course you chose the spicy one. Of course I did. Um, and you're going to take the, you're going to cook the noodles, uh, according to the package, which is on the stove in boiling water. And then you are going to, uh, mix up that packet with garlic, um, a squirt of Kewpie mayo, if you can get it, regular mayo, if you can't, but Kewpie mayo is amazing. <laughs> it is amazing mayo. It's, it's mayo with, uh, MSG in it. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it sounds gross, but it's awesome. And it's the mayo that you get on top of sushi. Um, and so, then, uh, you're going to take an egg, a raw egg. You're going to crack that and you're going to mix that up in there. Then just as the water is about to boil, take a, a, a ladle or a spoonful, couple of them and just temper that egg. And that's going to start cooking that egg. Then you're going to take your broth and your, the water that you were cooking the noodles in, and you're going to pour that in. You're going to make your broth. Then you're going to put your noodles in and you're going to put a slice of American cheese on top just to make it extra proteiny. And then you add your protein, which is, did I just grab some shrimp from the freezer and cook it up? Did I grab leftovers from last night and throw it in? Did I uh, just grab some tofu, grill it up and throw it in? Whatever you want it to be. And that is my souped up ramen. And it sounds a little weird, but you got to try it. It's amazing. The slice of cheese, credit goes to my brother. He taught me that and it's amazing. And the cheese should be American. I would never have thought of cheese and ramen. Which brother is this? My brother, Timba. So... I was going to say one of them has a lot of credit when it comes to these, but that's, that's it. Oh no, this is my brother who never worked as a chef and is white. <laughs> um, Honestly, Nutty, you require so much multitasking that I'm like, you have better faith in your audience than I do. It sounds complicated, but it's really easy. You're having something boil. You mix three ingredients and then you just wait. But who the mix. heck can wait? You wait for, it takes six minutes, man. Listen, listen, Six listen, minutes. listen. I did the 10 exactly. minute ramen. Exactly. Say it, Jack. Who can wait six minutes? That's, that's I mean, half an episode of Robot Chicken. That's an eternity in this age. Okay, the goal time. was a 10 minute ramen. It took <laughs> six minutes for you to make your ramen, too. In six minutes, they could take our jobs. <laughs> so I challenge all of our listeners to try each of these ramen steps. Uh, try them out or combine them, whatever you want. Don't, tr- don't try mine. To be fair, I feel like Nutty's the only one that gave you guys a roadmap to make her ramen. The rest of us are like, hey, we put broth in a pot and throw stuff in it. Let's do it. There's noodles in there. If you want the exact steps, message any of my guests. They will answer you. Uh, Tech will answer you on Messenger. Jason will answer you when he wakes up. And Vox will never respond to your tweets. (laughs) (laughs) Because his one promise is is to disappoint you. And he has to do that. I suggest tagging people in the Discord foodstuffs. Nutty Bites has a Discord and you can go to our channel, the the thread foodstuffs. And we we love chatting in there. I do check the Discord. Yeah. See, Nutty is so excellent at transitions. And so I know there's one coming because we're about to talk about our 10 minute regular dishes. I'm great at it till somebody points it out. Go ahead. The reason why I pointed it out is because I, you should, y'all all should be proud of. I haven't done not a single Uncle Roger impersonation this entire yes, Thank you for that. I just want you to know that. Because I would edit them all out. <laughs> we are not allowed to do the Uncle Roger voice. Uncle Roger, you know, um, Nigel <laughs> mm, can do that because the, he's imitating his family. Tech but- can imitate his mother 
and it's not offensive. But Trevor if Noah- I did it, that would be horribly offensive. Yeah, Trevor Noah can imitate all of his African family because he is Trevor Noah and he's African. But I will say this. There is one thing I can do, uh, and that is when Tech was talking about how we don't need gadgets earlier, you can use that muscle in your forearm to whip that thing. And if you get it, you get it. Sorry, children. Sorry, children. <laughs> no, uh, you were talking about your Aunt Nancy there. All right. Um, so now for the great transition, which is a terrible one, we are going to transition into, again, you've got a 30-minute lunch break. You have 10 minutes to cook something. You don't want another sandwich. Give us a 10-minute meal. And our provision is you're allowed to use things that were prepared previously leftovers may come into this then and i'm 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 going first because this is a thing that um my my great aunt dot uh and my aunt louise actually my aunt louise not my great aunt dot this is the first time i probably met my aunt mentioned my aunt louise one of the things she used to make and my mother used to make it too was fried cabbage shredding cabbage is a pain in the butt if you got a if you got a julie or, or not a julie i'm sorry a mandolin if you have a mm. mandolin utilize it it saves you. If not, you got a knife and it's going to take you some time. But if you prep this up, it's simple. A little bit of butter, a little bit of oil. You throw that into a pan. You saute it. It wilts. And then all you need to do is throw in whatever meats, whatever vegetables you like. It does not matter what. Usually we do sausage and, and, and that's it. And we can put it over top of rice. I throw in a little bit of soy sauce. Some, you know, a little bit of hoisin, that type of nature, because I like that flavor profile. But literally sauteed cabbage and meat can go over rice. It can go, you can have it for bread or any sort of starch type deal. I've not tried it over noodles because, again, cab, sauteed cabbage with noodles is kind of the same texture. But if you've got rice or something like that, it goes well over it. You can also put it in a ramen. Like, say, if you saute and go into ramen, because Let's be honest. Kimchi is just cabbage under a different name. Fermented Um, cabbage. It's delightful. Spicy kimchi. Love it. But yeah, sauteed cabbage, sausage, a little bit of soy sauce, maybe a little bit of salt, pepper, some seasonings like that. And you're good to go. Um, you can put that over rice. You can have that by itself. Um, it's delightful. And we, when I grow up, my, a lot of times in the winter, that's what we had. We had a lot of potato soups. We had a lot of cabbage dishes, that type of thing. Cabbage is heartier than lettuce. Lettuce wilts become soggy. Cabbage can stand the test of time. Cabbage is built different. And if you're worried about like how long it will take, because cabbage is a leafy green, there's a lot of water in it. So when you put it into a pan and fry it, it releases that moisture, helps it, helps it wilt, helps it soften up. You're good to go. There's a whole nother podcast I can do about how you quarter and shred cabbage because people are used to smashing the head of lettuce, but cabbage takes some, some effort. Like cabbage actually takes effort. Now, do you, um, uh, because it's steps that I've seen other people do, but you didn't mention, but when you're shredding your cabbage, you take out the, like the white stem, right? You're not yes, cooking that as core. well. The core. Um, yeah. The way I do it. And, and honestly, I can't tell you how I judge this because this is, I've just done this so much that, um, basically cut your cabbage into four quarters and then you'll see at the bottom, you've got that stem where it was touching the ground. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of 
estimate where to cut it because cabbage is is thinnest at the top and thickest at the bottom. And a lot of that, depending on how thick it is, is almost inedible. It takes a lot longer to to saute that, to soften up, to be edible. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that allows me to do this effectively is because I also love greens. I know tech, you don't, you, 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 you shun these. I am, I am coming around on leafy greens and I'll, I'll get to that later, but there are some leafy greens that are now making their way into into my regular diet, just not many and just not in huge quantities. And not greens, the way <laughs> you're talking, not southern greens. Yeah, for me, for, for again, for my melanated folks, y'all know I'm talking hey. about collard greens, kale, mustards, turnips. Hey, it's all legal now. <laughs> That's not the green we're talking about, neither. Not the green we're talking about. The devil's lettuce does not do well in cooking. Actually, it really does. Um, so no. it takes 10 minutes to do this cabbage. Absolutely. Okay. Um, because literally, um, you throw the cabbage in a pan, you throw the meat in there, and you hit it with a little bit of soy sauce, a little bit of oil, a little bit of butter, and that's it. And you can put it over top of something you've already constructed, whether it's rice, whether it's ramen, anything of that nature. Now, if you do put it in a ramen, you won't get that same spicy profile that you would get from a kimchi. Um, but it still works because again, it doesn't, unless you saute this to the high heavens, it's still going to have a bite to it. Cause that's why cabbage is built different. Um, cabbage is a very texture based vegetable, whereas lettuce, rom- even romaine gets just slimy after a certain while. Cabbage is not that thing, which is why if you're ever going to put something like prime example, why coleslaw can go on top of a burger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or yeah. A or because- a pulled pork sandwich. Oh, my coleslaw God. on pulled pork. Oh, my God. It's so good. Because cabbage is built different. I, but I- when you're cooking the cabbage, this is how you get that bitter taste out of it. And those sauces that you added. I, I am interested to try this. I would love for you to write this down for me because it's- I would like to try this. For those of you who like gin more than me, which is everyone. Um, the two things that I make that Jen loves the most is greens, fried cabbage. And since I told her I was talking about fried cabbage on this podcast, she has now said that I have to make it. So thanks, guys. I just want all to- right. All right. So I'm going to challenge you. You're going to write down the steps for me. You're going to record making it. And then I'm going to try to make it. And this will be part of the um, 12 days for me. Absolutely. I'll, as a matter of fact, I'll record it and send it mm-hmm. to you because uh, Raven... When I made fried cabbage for Raven, she lost her mind because I shredded my cabbage a different way than she would have done it. And she was like, I, I didn't even think about that. And I was like, really? You know, it's funny you say that uh, shredding cabbage is annoying. And um, I was just telling tech the other day that I lo- loved shredding iceberg lettuce at work. And cabbage is another one. I loved shredding the cabbage for the coleslaw. Like that to me was my my chill out time. <laughs> Yeah. Also, I'm going to just tell y'all real. I'm going to tell everybody out there right now. And I know Tech mentioned earlier, we're not yelling at you guys. I'm yelling at you right now. Chopped cabbage for coleslaw is a travesty. (laughs) Get out of my kitchen. Like it's julienne, sliced thin or bust. Chopped. This is not KFC. Get out. Get out. This is. This is this is this is not a weird salad at a pizza I place. I Aunt Dot would shake her head and give you a 
that's okay, baby. Because we know that that that's okay, baby, means that you're giving your best. She just, you're giving your best, it. and you your best isn't much. Just quarter it and huck it in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's up for their their ten minute meal? I mean, I can okay. So uh, going to gadget time. Uh, every, I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to sing the praises of it. And they're not incredibly expensive if you want to say it, spend a bit of time to save up for them. Air fryers oh. are a lifesaver. And it's, you know, it's, yes, you could accomplish everything you can accomplish in an air fryer in an oven. Mm-hmm. But it's going to take longer because it's not as concentrated a space. So we, we were looking at replacing the oven yeah. in our kitchen. And that's one of the yeah. one of the things that we did is we saved up a little bit of money and waited a little bit longer to get an oven with a built-in air fryer. So, so I, 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 a question. Yeah. With your air fryer, mm-hmm. you have a slow cooker in, in some sort of form, whether it's an Instapot or a Crock-Pot. I do, yes. I personally do. I don't use them at the same time. I don't use it as often. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the kitchen essentials, to me, it's rice cooker, air fryer, uh, any type of Instapot for making something that's going to take a little bit longer. Although... That's a whole other beast because um, when I when I cook, I cook one of two ways. I cook either something that's going to take me 10 minutes of actual cook time to make or something that's going to take me seven hours <laughs> because my chili recipe takes seven hours to finish. But let's go to the let's go to the 10 minutes. Your chili recipe taught me an important system of measurement that I had never used before. So even as a beginner, you have taught the slightly less beginner guy the the, the, the measurement of a glug. A glug. Yep. Adding adding glugs of whiskey to deglaze your pan. I, I okay, yes, it works, but the measure of a glug is not something I was familiar with, but it works very, very well. I, I mean, this is this is this is the thing too. Is I, I I'm very much of a, I'm very much an I know what amount what proportions of something I enjoy, and I know how much I'm making because here's the failing of ninety percent of recipes to me. Ninety percent of recipes that I pick up are not for single people. Yeah, and I am living on my own right now. I have lived on my own for a good amount of time. Let's just say since I got my first gray hair. So and that was 20 years ago. Folks, if you're listening to this podcast, you should realize what Vox is saying is a hundred, one thousand percent true. Tech hates seafood. Nutty is obsessed with it. I love spice. Gin does not. Vox doesn't have any of those limitations. Vox hates people. No, that's no. not correct. <laughs> but this is the thing is, and I, now mind you, I, I also love, I also love, I enjoy sharing food I make. Like when I make, when I make, uh, when I used to make a giant pot of chili, half of it would go to someone else. Like half of it would go to someone else, which is how I found out that I don't cook garbage. Right. So, cause that's, that's my metric of are my taste buds just destroyed and I don't understand flavor. But, uh, here's flavor. the thing. My recipe, my, my, my go-to for quick, uh, quick to prepare, although it takes some time ahead of time is, uh, tuna steak. You can buy them frozen. Doesn't matter. Ahi, uh, wild caught is better because wild caught tends to have a little bit more, like it, it's not that sedentary fish farm stuff. So wild caught salmon, wild caught, uh, wild caught tuna, any type of wild caught fish of that kind of flavor, that red, like more red fish. Uh, you take your tuna steak. Uh, you thaw it out ahead of time, 
So you can put it in the fridge the day before you want to cook and it's going to thaw out nice and easy for you 24 hours ahead. Just don't refreeze it. Please don't refreeze it. That's one of those fundamental rules of, of cooking. We don't want you to die of some kind of weird bacterial thing because you refroze your stuff. So yeah, let, let, leave it in the fridge overnight. Um, yeah. And it, it needs a, a cold yes. thaw, no. which is why it's overnight fridge. Yes. You don't need to, you don't need to marinate, but I prefer a marinade. So again, this can be something that can happen, you know, just before you go to work. If you're, if you're making, planning on making it for lunch, before you go to work, make your marinade, toss it in there. It can be in there a couple hours. It doesn't matter. Some people say 20 minutes is too much or 20 minutes and it's done. That's the bare minimum. Marinating is, marinating can be done longer and it's better. It absorbs more. This is good. Prep your marinade when it comes time. Uh, so marinate it before you go to work. When it comes time, eight minutes in the air fryer is going to do you fine for your, uh, for your tuna. So prep your marinade, a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, seasoning on top of it just before it goes in, a little bit of oil. Hell, it doesn't need the oil because you've got the marinade there for, uh, for it. And then what you're going to do is while you're doing that, get some bok choy. Baby bok choy is the perfect, uh, perfect size for it. Cut, uh, cut it down and cut it to size. A little bit of oil, a little bit of garlic powder, put it in at the same time. Two minutes in, you're going to quickly, uh, quickly shake off your, uh, your baby bok choy, put it back in. At the six minute, or at the, about four minutes later, out comes your bok choy, flip your, flip your steak, give it another four and you're done. It's, it's a simple matter of just know that you're going to have to flip it. You can't just cook it on one, you can't cook it on the one side. Uh, but you can do anything with this. You can glaze it with, uh, with, you can glaze it with a, with a, you know, maple syrup glaze or uh, maple syrup and soy, uh, soy sauce glazes are fantastic. You can marinate it in, uh, citrus if you want to. You can marinate it in a more, uh, in the more Asian inspired uh, flavors like mirin and rice wine vinegar combined with fresh ginger and uh, fresh ginger and garlic go really well together. The thing is experiment with what you like for the flavor. And you can have the same protein day in and day out and still enjoy it because it's got different flavor to it. But eight minutes is all you need for both vegetable and uh, vegetable and your protein to be done in an air fryer. And in the meantime, clean up. That way you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, that's mine. It's nice yep. and simple. It's just, and the same, the same applies to chicken as well. Chicken can be done the same way. It's very simple to do in an air fryer. Like air fryer makes everything easier. So I guess my 10 minute meal is get an air fryer. <laughs> You're so pretentious. You need your pretentious gadget. I'm lazy. Air fryers. I recommended someone who just got their first. They, they just got an apartment. They they were in a relationship. They broke up. They got an apartment. They live by themselves. Air fryer, Instapot slash Crock-Pot, and a microwave. With those three things, they literally can make anything they need to eat and survive. My mom mm-hmm. bought an air fryer. She doesn't know why, but she absolutely loves it. <laughs> so, Mike, okay. Kitchen gadget. The kitchen gadget you're going to require for this one is an offset charcoal heat vertical stack smoker. 13 13 hours before your 30 minutes begins, you're going to slow smoke a brisket at 225 for about 13. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I hate you so much. This is. So you're getting up at 3 a.m. to start this brisk. No, no. Okay. the time traveler is going to punch you in the throat. <laughs> okay. So, here, so here's the thing, guys. Uh, to me, uh, cooking is something I really enjoy doing, and I will take my time doing it. But those days where I need quick food in 30 minutes, for me, that's always been Sundays when I'm hung over and I just do not want to stand up. I do not want to think or feel feelings. 
And there's a couple of things that really help me uh, with my hangover. That's I need a little bit of fat. I need a little bit of oil. I need grease and I need protein and I need lots of it. So I invented this dish years ago uh, that I call ham potatoes. So start with some start with some potatoes, chop them up into little cubelets. I half boil them and then I fry them. So I'm making hash browns. And then I take uh, last night's uh, last night's leftover ham, chop it up into cubelets, add it to the hash browns, a little bit of soy sauce on top, stir, 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 shake, 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 eat. Delicious, really quick, really easy to make. You can make it even faster. You can go to a grocery store and buy pre-cooked hams and they're massive and they'll feed you for months. Or not months, but they'll feed you for a while. So chop up a piece of that ham or whatever protein you like, chop it up into cubelets. You can buy bags of pre-cooked hash browns that you just need to fry up and heat. So you can make this in literally dump two things into a pan, shake until warm, and then eat and you're done. Super, super easy. Then, you know, corned beef is not something that was in my diet growing up. But then watching uh, some cooking shows, I realized that what I was making was very close to corned beef and hash because it's hash browns and beef instead of ham. So uh, corn beef, by the way, I found out that the word corn in it isn't actual corn is corn was the name of the size of granule of salt that they were using to cure the beef. You would use corn salt, which is smaller than rock salt, but bigger than kosher. You had corn salt, so corn beef. So take your salt to beef, take your hash browns, da 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 da. What what I've seen in other recipes, what I've started experimenting with with mine is while your hash browns and your meat is frying in the pan, crack an egg in there and scramble an egg in it. A little bit of cheese on top, a little bit of hot sauce on top of that. You have an entire breakfast deconstructed into a pan, and it's fantastic. And it took you seconds to make. Um, get your corned beef in a can, or if you have your, your vertical charcoal offset smoker and you started making your brisket 13 hours ago, you've got your corned beef right there, slice that up, put that with the hash browns and, and, and off you go. This dish is infinitely variable. It's hash browns and meat. And oh my good gosh, is it good? And it's fast and it's perfect hangover food. And I, it is delicious, by the way, I can contend to this. I will say this, you're disqualified because it was 10-minute meals, not meals in seconds. <laughs> um, also, also, let's be real. You added potatoes. Like, potatoes are the best thing when alcohol is involved, whether it's okay. pre- or post-alcohol. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You could have just ended your sentence that potatoes are the best thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes for me, a meal is a potato. There was one time... That I, I made myself a meal. I don't remember if it was lunch or dinner. And Tech walks in and he looks down and he's like, are you just eating a potato as your meal? And I said, yeah, that's what I wanted. And he's like, you are so Irish. <laughs> oh, I, when, when we say let's Irish that up for you, we are adding potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. So you add potatoes to your coffee? Yeah. Let's Irish that up. Just a few cues. It'll make it better, I promise. Um, so. You're tech, you're 100% right. And here's the funny thing, right? The reason why potatoes work so well, whether it's pre or post alcohol, is their ability to absorb oh, yeah. alcohol. And that's why when you're hungover, listen, folks, young folks out there, you're hungover because your body hasn't processed all the alcohol yet. You want to help it along? 
eat some chips, eat some potato. You know that leftover Amish potato salad in your fridge that you got for Walmart two days ago? Try it. It'll help you out. There's, or, there's, there's, th- there's things that your body needs when, when you are hungover. Your body is, well, it's being poisoned from the alcohol, and it needs to get rid of the alcohol. So uh, starch, fat, and salt are the three things you need right now. And, and bread and potatoes will do both of those quite nicely. Though, I, I will say my aunt dot did a thing for me and I love these to this day. I think I've only made them for gin once potato cakes. Mm. Potato cakes are basically mashed potatoes with egg added and a little bit of flour and or breading of some sort and then fried. And you oh, can yeah. have them with like ketchup with other mm-hmm. things and they are delightful. Let me yes. tell you. Oh. So how does that compare? I know it's going to be better because it's made by your aunt dot and all this, but I'm, I'm imagining something that maybe more people in the audience have had is like those McDonald hash browns, you know, those preformed hash brown uh, mm. shapes. Are, are we talking about something like that where it's just, it's just potato smashed into a shape and fried. I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm dead. When I say take a mashed potato, take, take a bowl of mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. even with the sour cream and our chives, all that good stuff. Add an egg, add some breading. Okay. Throw it in a fry cast iron pan with a little bit of oil and fry it. Or better yet, if you can get it to where it's dry enough or thick enough to where you can deep fry it. And then you can then have a fried potato uh, that you can then add to something. Tech, have you ever had smile fries from McCain's? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that, but more gourmet because it's homemade. Okay. Uh, I was just thinking while he's describing this of taking the mashed potatoes and adding these ingredients and then frying them. It's like, I want to add the corned beef to that and make yeah. corned beef and hash cakes. Yeah. Like, like, like weird scotch eggs with potatoes. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you right now, I think I've got some corned beef left in my freezer. I will try this this week. I will try this soon. Cool. Is, is Jen joining us? She's standing there with a pizza. It looks like she's got other plans. That's another great way to get food in 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say Jen, that. Jen, get me a pizza. <laughs> oh, God. It doesn't work the reverse way. Jen can't ask Jason for food in 10 minutes. It'll take him like three hours, but he'll show up with good food. We've got Jen with us. Jen has joined us uh, h- halfway through. Hi. And uh, how you doing, Jen? Jen is starting her vacation today, so she's pretty good. What? what? She's, right. already, she's already said that I need to make her a drink. That's acceptable. I think that that is important. So we need to get on with this. So Jen, you were about to tell us about a uh, a great solution for our scenario here with the use of a crock pot. Is that correct? Yes. So my thing is I have outlets all over my place of work. I have closed off areas and I had a crock pot in my car. So I was able to take the half size insert from my crock pot throw in some frozen meatballs, mixed up some chili sauce and some grape jelly and just hit start. So when I was ready to eat three hours later, as was everybody else, because I mean, it makes a lot of food in a crock pot. We were all eating whenever we wanted. Chili sauce and grape jelly. Yes. Now, how? okay, we have to unpack this a little bit because those are not two things that I would necessarily combine but uh but i can see it working i'm curious how how why what uh tell me more so it is literally just heinz chili sauce Mm -hmm. um i believe the thing says it's ketchup with a kick Mm -hmm. 
and grape jelly. It makes an offset barbecue sauce. And it is actually a very popular thing. Like if you know a U.S. grandma, she's probably made them. <laughs> and the reason why it's popular is easy, right? One of the things I, I didn't mention earlier that's in my pantry is brown sugar. You get that in ketchup and or barbecue sauces. You combine that with the thickening or gelatin agents of a jelly and you'll make a quick barbecue sauce. Yeah, I, you know, I get the sweet with the 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 chili sauce mm -hmm. the chili sauce sounds like a, a mild like you said it's a, a, a kicked up uh ketchup which how many barbecue sauces have ketchup in them right and it sounds so odd but i would be willing to try this let's not forget i am the person that ordered the peanut butter and jelly burger and realized wow that is amazing because peanut butter and jelly on a burger is mm. that that my, my favorite burger to date and an appetizer that I've had before is a burger with cream cheese and jalapeno jelly Ooh. from Jack Brown's. I, I might just eat the cream I, cheese and jalapeno jelly, up, but that's me. Yes. I grew up eating cream cheese and jalapeno jelly on crackers. Oh, My mom found me apricot jalapeno jelly one time. It was amazing. And we went to a little burger joint bar thing. They had that on the menu and it was the best burger I've ever had. I would try it. I would try it. By the way, maybe our whiteness is showing, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> as we extol our love for, for jellies. Right. Why did you miss me? Um, kind of sort of insinuating this. We can't hear you, Jason. I said, Jen, you kind of sort of miss me insinuating you hate spice and also bringing up the incident at Nawab when Nutty came to visit. Spices like <laughs> she likes spice, she just doesn't like an excessive I, amount. Right. I can go up to about jalapeno level, sometimes a little bit higher, depending on what it is. You like the you like Jack Mason, not Jack Mason's got bonefires hot. Oh, that's good stuff. That's a, that was a really good sauce. You didn't like it? No, but I don't like blueberry. Oh so that doesn't really count. But I I I dig this. I'm I'm into this. I, I can see this being uh so I've never had Heinz chili sauce. I'm I'm going to say that right now. I've never had the stuff. Uh, I am interested. I am intrigued. Apparently, VH makes a similar thing called the VH chili sauce, spicy chili. That's a that's a brand up here in Canada. So it'll be interesting if I can't find the Heinz. I have a backup. I can try that out. Uh, this will be interesting to try out because yeah. I've I've never had it and I'm all about experimenting. I will try anything once. So uh, that that is fun. And I love the idea of I just threw stuff into the crock pot and plugged it in and it was ready by lunchtime because too many crock pot recipes are cook your meat, do this, do these 16 steps, and then let it sit for eight hours. And I'm like, are you kidding me? The, the crock pots are it, it's one of those. It's like I said, kitchen gadgets only do two things. They speed things up or they make it convenient. Crock pots are incredibly convenient. And if you are one of these people that has a full life, and you don't have a lot of time to cook, crock pots are great for that. My sister and her husband, for years, what they would do is uh, the night before, they would prep things into a bowl. They would prep dinner into a bowl, put it in the fridge. In the morning, when they would get ready for work, they would pour the bowl into the crock pot, press start, yeah. and when they came home for work, dinner, dinner was done. They yeah. didn't have to spend hours and hours and hours to to get dinner ready it was it was cooking all day while they were at work 
And, and Tech and I were uh, training in Aikido very seriously for a while. And our classes were at least two hours, sometimes three hours if we had the kids class beforehand. And when we'd get home, we were ravenous. Like we did not want to spend time cooking. So a lot of times we would just go and grab something. Well, uh, the crock pot was my Tuesday night solution because it meant that I could throw things in, have it all set up, put it on for three hours. And then by the time we came home, it's sitting there warm, ready to eat. Exactly. And we devoured it. And that's why it counts as a 10 minute meal. Yeah. You take the moment it takes you to throw that in the pot, add some water, broth, whatever, close, you know, put the lid on it, hit the button, go do whatever you need to do. Yep. It counts. Set it and forget it is the best setting. (laughs) Is the best setting. Yeah. I agree. I love the crock pot for solutions like that because you can make a dump cake in the crock pot and you literally just dump everything in. Uh, mac and cheese doesn't tell more because you have more ingredients to put in, but that's all you do. Listen, y'all. Uh, cracked Tech. chicken. As long as you have some already washed uh, chicken, you throw some chicken breast, some cream cheese, and some bacon, and you're good. Tech called gin. Yes, cracked chicken is amazing, Nettie. I'm a... As this podcast has stated, I am a professional quote unquote cook, but you're not the best cook in the house. I'm not the best cook in the house because literally Jen does this all the time. And I'm like, sashimi. Thank you. My 10 minute meal is one that I make all the time. And we are going to go with Nutty's favorite protein, seafood. We're going to make this a seafood thing. Usually it's shrimp. It can work with um, scallops or anything else. But generally, my pre-work is when I'm making rice in my rice cooker, because it takes 20 minutes to make rice, I will sometimes make double rice. Or if I decide I need more than a double rice and I just want to have rice in the fridge, I'll use my Instapot because it's bigger and I'll use the rice setting and I will make lots of rice and I keep rice in the fridge. So because the rice is made, that does not count towards my 10 minutes because I made it when I made a different meal. So I'm curious, just because you did say you do prep rice. Yeah. Do you ever just freeze your rice? No, but that's a great idea. It takes seconds to thaw out in the microwave. You just, you freeze it, put it into your bag, mush up your bag so it becomes single. And you can pull it out and, like I said, microwave a few seconds and it's done. And I'm going to try that. And and this is a tip that I know Jen will co-sign with me. If you're going to make fried rice and you have fresh rice and you don't have a couple days to leave in the fridge, freezing it and doing what Jen said will make great fried rice. I was just going to say, because that's what I'm doing with the rice is it's not like a full-blown fried rice, but it is a quick fried rice. So basically what I do is I will heat up my pan, I'll fry a quick egg, uh, and then I will um, add in my rice. I will, uh, sorry, actually before the rice, I'll uh, chop up some garlic and ginger. I will cook that up real quick. I will throw in my rice. I will add in uh, soy sauce. I will add in lime juice. I will add in um, just whatever I feel like on that day. And then I will cook that up. And then while that is happening, uh, my, my protein, I have pulled out frozen shrimp. I do not need to thaw the shrimp. I just need to cook it on a high heat. And I have in a spice canister, it's sriracha and lime. 
That is my favorite. I could use Old Bay. I've used Old Bay in the past, but the Sea Ratchet Lime, that is even better. And I just sprinkle that on the um, shrimp. I cook up the shrimp real fast on a nice high heat. Wait till it gets red and mix that all up in with the rice. I just put some chives on top or green onion on top, whatever I want, a little bit of sesame oil, and I am good to go. If I want to be fancy like Vox, Costco started selling uh, pan frozen pan-seared ahi tuna slices in individual servings. You take one of those out the night before or even in the morning and throw it in the fridge. In three hours, it's defrosted and you just lay it on top. And that's all you have to do. And boom, that is my 10-minute meal. You will feel fancy. You will feel gourmet. The last time I did it, I put some yum-yum sauce on it. It was amazing. Most important of all, Uncle Roger will probably roast you after for not making proper fried rice, but it would be thematic for today's no, episode. It would be fine <laughs> because uh, because I used an egg, because I used uh, garlic mm-hmm. and ginger, because I um, used old rice, and because I put my green onion on top at the end and my sesame oil at the end, and I didn't add vegetables. Yeah, but Uncle Roger forgot, would be happy. You forgot the king of flavor. The king of flavor is in my sauces, the soy sauce that has king of flavor. Uh, he still adds king of flavor. Well, that's fine. I'm not Uncle Roger. I don't need MSG on everything. But for me, I love a seafood protein. It makes yep. me feel good. Mm-hmm. It's fast acting protein. And yep. shrimp is the best because you don't have to defrost it. You can just cook it. That's that's why I went with it for the instant or for um, making instant ramen better. Yeah, is you add the you add shrimp to it. Yeah. Simplest thing in the world, and it's it's not it's not super expensive either. It's it's, it's just not, an easy it's grab. It's not super it's, expensive. It's really not. And a lot of like it may sound all fancy and stuff, but a lot of the ingredients are the most in- expensive ingredient. Usually, is going to be your protein, right? Mm-hmm. And I have done this by the way when I was um, extremely poor. And I do the same thing, but I throw some black beans in as my protein and I just cook up the black beans. If you are have no money and you can't go to the grocery store and you can't buy any protein, black beans, red kidney beans, chickpeas, these things are going to be your bread and butter. These are going to be your proteins. These are going to be your staples. Yeah. And, and it's vegan friendly. Go ahead, Jason. No, I was going to say you literally have named... The chili that I make, I use <laughs> I use red kidney beans. I use I use light dark light and dark kidney beans. I use black beans, and I'll use you know a, other variety of beans gone with random meat. I've made it. Buffy. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to do a whole other episode on just chili <laughs> because mine will take three hours to explain. Speaking <laughs> of chili, and go a call back to those crockpots. If you're going to a convention, you make your chili ahead of time freeze that chili. Then you drive down to your convention with a crock pot. When you get there, you just plug in the crock pot. You put that chili in the crock pot and it'll be just keep it nice and warm for a day or two. And you're constantly coming back for chili. Hey, look, and and if I make my chili ahead of time at a convention, all I need to do is wear a rumpled suit and a bald cap. And then I I, I spill it all over the place and I got an office cosplay. Uh, Sure. (laughs) So, the episode of The Office where Kevin spills his famous chili all over the floor. Yeah, we're not as big office aficionados. It's a, it's a meme. Okay. So here's the here's what I propose. Yes. The next time we can actually you know travel again, 
and we're all going to be in a public place again at a convention or not, I think we need to do a Nutty Bites chili cook-off. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like we did at CHSR. Right. And I... Yeah, we're going to have to travel and figure it out. But I, I I, would also invite as many of the Nutty Bites listeners that can that can make it to this event. Also, I'm specifically talking to Rich here and and anybody else. Rich, bring it, son. Bring yo chili and let's do a good old fashioned Nutty Bites chili cook off. It's just a question for the Americans. They have Jameson's Irish whiskey there, right? Yes. yes. Then I can make my chili. OK, Rich, if you show up, I need some uh, hush puppies. Yeah, me too. I still haven't had any. Yeah, so, yeah, Rich, let's go. As, as okay, I love you, the TT. I do. I love you, but don't come in my yard. As the little Wayne song says, if you can't hang with the big dogs, stay on the porch. I roam my yard, son. Looking at you too, Tech. I roam my yard. You want to come down here and talk about chilies and barbecues and things of that nature? Get on my Aunt Dot's level. Oh, I, I, well, I have a question, Jason. Are you on, on Aunt Dot's level? <laughs> so you. you're just I talking a lot of nonsense. A lot of smack. This <laughs> this is a, this is a little this is a little dog with a big bark. No 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 no. But to be taken I'm down by pu- a Canadian I'm, wolf. No 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 no. I'm the puppy with the very large aunt pull bulldog who will protect me viciously. I don't think Aunt Dot's coming to the Nutty do, Bites chili do kickoff. You, do you rem- do you remember that Looney Tunes skit with the bulldog and the little puppy? Say, hey Aunt Dot, hey Aunt Dot, are we gonna make rolls today, Aunt Dot? Are we gonna make rolls? Can we make rolls? Can we? Absolutely. So, this has nothing 100%. to do with our ten minute uh uh purpose here, but I do want to say that we would love in a time. When travel is easy and we're not worried about a plague or a, a pandemic or anything like that, we have this great idea of instead of a convention, we all just get together, we spend our days reading books, then we talk about them, play video games and cook for each other. That's what we want to do. Okay. That is our goal. It's what the podcaster house should be. What, what is it? Jen, does that sound like a good idea? Oh, I'm totally down. That's probably what I'm doing this week. Jen's like, you had me at read books. We could call it the unconvention. <laughs> exactly. The unconvention. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We love that you have spent all this time listening to us talk about food. Hopefully we made you hungry. If you decide to make one of these, please send us a picture. You can do that by uh, sending us a picture on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can go to the Facebook group. You can go to the discord. If you go to nimlas.org uh, and you click on um about. There is a link to the Discord. I think it's on the homepage as well. You just click on that link. You can join the Discord. And we have a thread called Foodstuffs. Come in there and tell us, talk to us about any of these things that you have made. Tell us about your experiences. If you didn't like it, you're not going to hurt our feelings as long as you don't say, this was ridiculous. Why did you make me make this? Uh, you know, be, be respectful. But we would love to hear about your experiences. If you have a 10-minute meal, Come into the Discord, come into the Facebook group, wherever you are most comfortable to communicate with us and let us know what is your 10 minute meal. I am all about it. I love 
learning about different things. I never thought I'd say, yeah, meatballs, Heinz chili and grape jelly. Let me try this. Uh, but you know what? This is what we're doing. So if you have a 10 minute meal and you want to share with us, if you have a ramen hack that you want to share with us, please share away. We love this stuff. I want to thank everyone for joining me as always. Thank you so much, Tech. Thank you to our Nerds with Voices crew, Jen and Jason. Why don't you tell people where they can find you? You can find everything we do at nerdswithvoices.com. And for Vox, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you streaming? I mean, you can follow me. Uh, you can find me streaming occasionally and sporadically on twitch.tv backslash sonorousvox. Or if you are so inclined, now nah, don't even bother. Don't follow me on Twitter at sonorousvox. It's not worth it. Follow him on Twitter, y'all. Listen to the sultry voice. Listen to the voice. He's never posting on Twitter. It's not worth it. All right. Thank you so much. I love how you say occasionally uh, streaming. You stream more than I do. Um, So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. This was a blast. I love talking about food. I hope this conveys in a, a, a positive way, you know, talking about food in an audio format. Let us know what you think uh, if you want more like this. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. And we want to thank our patrons without whom there would not be two episodes a month. So thank you so much to the patrons. You keep things going. You keep the lights on. You keep me paying for my server and all of the stuff that makes it uh, so that I can bring you. Uh, these conversations. So thank you so much to Jax, our top tier uh, member of our street team, uh, Jason Rich, the TT. And thank you to our patrons of the arts, Andy Luke, Dare, Mark Cabot, the encaffeinated one, Melissa, the bathtub mermaid, the radical geek, and Susanna. And thank you to all of our other patrons. You are the lifeblood of this campaign. Thank you to Shane, Uncle Monster, Greg, Harold, Hugh, Ian, Justine, Ken, Kinsey, Mike, Patrick, Steve, Tibby, Will, and Zachman. Thanks so much, everyone. Nutty Bites is produced by Nimlas Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution No Commercial Non-Derivatives 3.0 International License. That means you can't change it without my permission. You can share it and send it to your friends. Just link back to me, my site, and everything. We live at nimlas.org, which has links to everything social media, including facebook.com slash group slash Nutty Bites and patreon.com slash nukejoss or call 347-NUTTY42. Shane, I've done it. Again, Paul, then open the window. There's no need to announce it. No, not that. I've invented a machine that can erase our memory of Red Dwarf so we can watch it for the first time. Again. Really? Is it safe? Completely. Although you might also forget how to read, write, and do math. I'm a politician. I don't need any of that. Also, it would probably make your head explode. And ruin my hair? No. Let's just find a lovely American couple who are barely even heard of Red Dwarf to watch the show with us. That would be the next best thing to seeing it for the first time. Hi, I'm Angela. This is my husband, Heath. What are you doing in my house? Well, we're just your everyday American couple wandering about looking for someone who feels like watching a show we've barely even heard of with us. Maybe recording a podcast about it. Hmm, that's really convenient. And you can listen in on the fun with the Red Dwarf intro cast. Check us out on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter.